Um, I don't know uh, why I'm here. I really don't want to be up here. And uh, it's hard to stand and give a um, something that's on your heart. But uh, I would encourage anybody that feels uh, any kind of increment of God's leading them to speak, to, to come up here and speak, because testimonies of other Christians are, are tremendous. And... Uh, and they mean a lot to, to people. Uh, if y'all would, uh, I'm going to just pray to start out with. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would calm my spirit, calm my voice, and uh, be with me as I speak. Just lead in this service, and I give everything to you and to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um. Uh, I wanted to come up and speak about um, uh, cancer and the, the people that have uh, meant, uh, has set an example for me. But uh, I wanted to um, first let you know that, um, that I made a profession of faith uh, right behind Jeff uh, on a revival night. And, uh, and come down front and, and gave my uh, heart and soul to Jesus Christ. So I wanted to make that clear. Um, and I wanted to read uh, a verse of scripture. It's from James 5.10. It says, uh, Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we considered blessed those who have preserved. So, um, James was trying to say people have set an example for us and um, it's many people that, is, that has fought cancer um, in this church and um, two to bring to mind to me is uh, Miss Betty Ford. Um, it, it's, to me, she just has tremendous faith. And the other one, and I don't, I don't want to single out uh, any two people, but uh, Sabra Whalen, um, that comes periodically to our church. And um, and and I'm not trying to bring up anybody or any. Um, I'm not trying to isolate uh, Miss Ford or Miss Whalen or any of that. It's just the power and strength they show, and everything I want, everything I say. I want to point towards Jesus Christ and God and, and how much power he has uh, on this earth. Um, when I decided to do this, it was um, Wednesday or so, um, and I, didn't, I, I knew Relay was coming up. I didn't have a clue about Relay. I didn't have a clue about the thing being in the bulletin. Um, but, um, you know, uh, Penny called... Uh, uh, Wednesday and she told me about um, what Doug was facing and uh, yeah I told Herbert to stand beside me he's sitting down over there <laughs> uh, but um, what it was was um, the doctor told them that uh, you gotta have faith and you gotta have strength the people that have faith 
and strength survive. The people that don't have faith don't survive. And he said, if I didn't have faith, I couldn't be a cancer doctor. And uh, that's just what was related to me. So it's, it's not about my family. It's not about the Carvers. Uh, although I'm uh, blessed to be a part of a family that is um, that is so close. And if you're a Thursday night person or if you're a Saturday morning person or if whatever time they get together, if you're one of those people, you realize how blessed you are to be a part of that family. Uh, like I said, it's not about that family. You have your own family, and your own family is special. Uh, you have you have the own, your own people that have faith and strength and show that every day. So it's not about Theresa's family. It's about God's family. It's not about... Um, uh, it's about our Christian walk, and that's why I wanted to make sure that uh, I made point that that I was a Christian and um, and that I've turned, you know, I follow Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, I wrote down a few things about, um, you know, Wednesday when I heard, I started crying. So I said, well, what is um, tears about? You know, I said, um, why do we cry? Well, we cry because we love. So why won't there be tears in, in heaven? Because that love will be perfect love. It, 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 will, it will be no more imperfections. It will be no more cancer. Uh, our, our loved ones, we will, we will not struggle to have daily Bible time. We will not, we won't even have Bible studies. We'll, we'll be perfect. So there will be no need for tears in heaven. Um, and uh, I thought about um, different people has made an impact on me and different, different songs. Um, and one of them is uh, at the foot of the cross. Uh, and um, uh, Darren Whitlow gave me this track right here, and I just, I've seen a bunch of tracks, and I was like, I don't want to give any other track to anybody but this one right here. And this, uh, Darren died um, the um, year we went to Caswell. Tommy Jean led us at, at Caswell, and, uh, and he gave me this card, and it's been several it's been several people that's been influences in my life, but try to hang on to, to Christian influences, men and women that, that lead by example, that be, lead by faith and strength. But uh, I love looking at this card. Uh, I wanted to put it up on the screen, but this card is the bottom of the cross, and it's got the hammers and nails. It's got Jesus' legs. You can see the bottom of his legs. And it's got um, it's got a black gentleman and a, a white man and two white women uh, kneeling at the cross, but that's where it's at, you know. Uh, whatever whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever um, sickness or uh, like Miss Ford, some experimental cancer treatments that she's going through. Um, 
and she still has strength. And it's not because of Miss Ford, it's because of God. Amen. And um, so if, if y'all are having trouble or if you need strength, um, I, just, I just wanted to uh, say that the foot of the cross is where we all need to be. Amen. Thank y'all. Thank you, Herbert. Chris, Chris, Chris. A couple of observations. The first, the first couple of times I attempted to preach, I had a pad just like this, and I wrote my notes down on it, Chris. Brought back memories. When you stand before people, you don't know exactly what to say. You just jot down some things and ask God to, to use them, and he has. And uh, I see you started wearing glasses, too. This year. Yeah. <laughs> this year. Boy, you might not like speaking. The Lord might be calling you to preach. You know that? <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Aren't all of us guilty of God filling our cup about something and us letting it evaporate out rather than pouring it out for others? And um, please, if God leads you to have a desire to say something that gives him honor and glory, and that's always the purpose in standing behind this pulpit, not to lift up self or our church, but to lift up the Lord, talk with me and we'll certainly arrange for you to be able to share those things we have the Lord's Supper um, in just a few minutes can I read to you again uh, Paul's testimony in Acts uh, chapter 26 that he shares with Agrippa uh, D can I get you to just put up Acts that would be the, the third frame I believe beginning with the third frame let me, let me pray first Father, thank you for the words of others that always touch our hearts, especially when we know that they're straight from the heart and they're so genuine. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in the lives of people in this church. And Father, sometimes, Lord, we need to stand up and say more than we do about our Savior. And I pray, Father, that as you gave the Apostle Paul strength and wisdom and courage in words, that you would do that with us too. Father, help us to see that we are truly in a dying world. None of us are going to live forever on this planet. So, Father, I pray that as we live this life that we would turn to Jesus and truly examine what he has said and what he has done and what he is going to do for those who entrust their hearts and lives and hearts to him. And so, Father, just pray in these moments before we take the Lord's Supper that you'll speak. Lord, I can speak words, but only your Holy Spirit can speak to the hearts and minds of people that are gathered here. And, Lord, I pray that if there are those here that have not yet trusted Christ as Savior, that as they hear Paul's testimony, Father, that they would be drawn to your Son, and may they, through faith, come to Christ and know him as their Savior and Lord. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Paul testifying before King Agrippa and Festus and others. Listen to what he says. Thus I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priest. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining round me and with those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It hurts you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet and underscore the coming words, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. We've been talking for the last three Sundays about God's plan for our lives. God has a plan. God has a purpose for you and me. And God is getting ready to let Paul know the purpose that he created him. And again, folks, remember, this is a man who had murdered Christians, who had had them imprisoned, who was doing everything in his power to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ from spreading throughout the world. Jesus says, I've appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you to serve and bear witness to the things that you have seen me and to those things in which I will appear to you. Now, folks, let me point something out that I had not seen. The Lord says, I want you to bear witness to the things in which you have seen me, and that would be on the road to Damascus that day in Acts chapter 9. But listen to what God says, what the Lord Jesus says. And to those which I will appear to you. He is looking, he is speaking to Paul about what he's going to continue to do and how he's going to continue to appear to him. My Christian brothers and sisters, our salvation is just the beginning of what God wants to do in our lives. It is just the beginning of his appearing to us and of his working in our hearts and lives. Don't leave him on the road to Damascus, but let him walk with you day by day by day. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom I send you. And listen now to God's plan for Paul to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place, a place among those who are sanctified by faith. I'm just going to take just a couple more minutes, okay? But I want to point out what we can know about God's plan for us. And we'll, we'll finish this tonight. I, I know I said last Sunday we'd finish the message. Well, folks, there's five things that we can know about God's plan for us. And, and these are not, not just a complete list, okay? And if you'll just leave it right there for right now, Dee. But let me just quickly tell you the five things, the five plans that we can know that God has for us. And just let me mention these, and then I'm going to mention this first one, and I'll close, okay? Number one, God wants us to know and experience his love and forgiveness through Christ. We call that being saved our salvation. Number two, God wants us to grow in our relationship with him. That's called discipleship. Number three, God wants us to be his witnesses. His witnesses. Number four, God wants us to serve him as a body of believers, his church. Do you know it is God's plan for you and I to be a church and for each one of us to be a member and part of it? It is God's plan for us. Don't ever forget that. This is another sermon. This is not casting stones. 
But one of the things that worries me about modern-day Christianity is that we have lost God's purpose and plan in the church and our place in his church. And just because we get upset or mad about something that happens in the church is not an excuse for us not to be a part of God's plan, to be a part of a local church. Can I have an amen? amen. Thank you very much. All right. Glad I didn't have to ask for it. All right. Number five, God wants us to find joy and fulfillment in knowing him and his plans. It overwhelms me that people think because of Satan's lies that if we turn our hearts and lives over to Jesus, our life will be full of misery. And folks, that is an absolute lie from hell itself. There's a greater fulfillment and knowledge of purpose when we're in the center of God's will. Let me go back to number one, and I want to share the plan of salvation this morning one more time. A number of years ago, God impressed on my heart to, to preach on John 3.16. And I thought, well, God, I've done that many times before. I always use that verse. People are going to get sick and tired of it. But I did not know that Sunday morning that there was a person in this church who would die in a car wreck at the end of the week. And it helped me understand it is important every time we come that we let people know there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's salvation through him. And I want to share again one more time the plan of salvation. Again, please hear me not saying this critically. It worries me. So many people think that they're going to get to heaven by their merit, by they, what they have done or what they haven't done. You know, sometimes we think, well, if I don't do, if I don't live like so-and-so, I'm sure to get in heaven. Or if... That person's going to heaven. Well, I don't have to worry about it. I'll get there too. Folks, God didn't put me in management. He put me in sales. But I want to tell you something. If you don't come to the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ, there is absolutely no hope of being saved according to the word of God. So let me just, let me just tell you, and this is God's plan that you would be saved. Let me just point out these verses, okay? You've heard them many times before, but have you taken them to heart? Listen to this. Romans 3.23 all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned. Every single one of us have sinned. And let me tell you what's so bad about sin. Even if your neighbor doesn't know about it, or even if the closest friends, or even your family doesn't know that you've sinned, guess what? God does. And here's what sin does, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's described in a lot of ways. It's the misery and the, the weight of guilt and unforgiveness that we tote with us on a day-to-day -day basis before we trust Christ as Savior. At the end of this life, there's a hell that is awaiting us. And again, that's in the Bible. That's going to happen. It is a real place. But folks, listen to the rest of this verse. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can that possibly be true? Yes, it can. Listen to Romans 5, 8. But God shows or proves or demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Did you know that when we are our ugliest, God loves us? And that's what the cross is all about. All those people that were crucifying the Lord, he loved them. Remember again, according to Luke, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
right now, if you don't know the Lord, if you've got a, 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 a truckload full of sin, guess what? Jesus wants to deliver you from that and save you and give you eternal life. Why? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And guess what happens when you and I become a Christian? Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.17. And as we've learned about Paul, if there was ever a man that was changed, it was Paul. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. In the concept of being in God's plan, listen to this. Before we are saved, we're doing our plan, correct? But when you and I come to Christ, God's plan then rules and guides our lives. That's why Paul said he was a new creation. He was born again on the road to Damascus. He was given a new purpose. He was made a new creation in Christ. And he said, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How can this happen? How can you and I be born into the kingdom of God? Well, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, and 13. Paul says, Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified. He confesses with his lips and so is saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Folks, we don't know from Sunday to Sunday what God's got in store. I didn't know until yesterday that Chris uh, had a burden on his heart to come and share with you. I've got a much longer sermon planned, but folks, I want to be in God's plan. I want to share with you what he lays on my heart as Chris did. And folks, this morning, I just want to share with you again, if you haven't trusted Christ, would you come to him? You've heard a lot better preachers than me give invitations. But folks, it doesn't matter who the preacher is. What matters is who the Savior is. And if Jesus is reaching out his arms to you this day, you'll know. You'll know that you're lost. You'll know that you haven't come to the cross and been washed in the blood. And folks, I'm sure you say, well, that sounds like that old-fashioned preaching. Let me tell you something. It ain't old-fashioned. It's just 2,000 years old. That's what it is, okay? It's the same message that has been preached. It is the same message that has led people to Christ. It is the same message that has saved young children and teenagers and young adults as well as old people that were getting close to the grave. When Jesus is in your heart, you can know it. Do you know him today? Would you listen to the Holy Spirit in just a moment as we sing? a hymn of invitation. Would you, where you're sitting, would you silently pray to the Lord and say, and, and you can make it up, whatever the words are, that just expresses what's in your heart. Jesus, I'm lost. Save me. You remember what the thief on the cross said? Today, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Today, today, would it be today that you trust Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're burdened that, Lord, we would ever preach or say anything other than the gospel truth. Lord, today, I pray that if there is someone here, whether it would be a young child, a teenager, a young adult, or even a senior adult, Lord, 
perhaps who sit in pews and heard hundreds of sermons throughout the years, but yet never came to that point in time when the Spirit of God convicted them of their sin and need of a Savior. Father, if that's going on right now in the hearts of people that are here, I just pray that they would invite Jesus to come into their heart and be their Savior. As we stand together and sing this hymn of invitation, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God would be given freedom to work and that your plan would be done in our lives. For we ask in Christ's name, amen. Our hymn this morning of invitation, 552, my Jesus, I love thee. You know, you hear all the time that Jesus loves us. Has he heard that we love him lately? I hope that he has. Again, if the Spirit of God's leading you, would you come? If he's not, please stay where you're at, okay? Let's stand as we sing. <laughs>